Hi, this is Jesslyn Etchell, and you're listening to my podcast, Wildish Wise Women, Conversations with Everyday Goddesses. In this series, I interview my favorite women on their topics of passion in an effort to connect us so that we remember that women supporting women is our greatest strength. I want to live in a world where women build each other up instead of tear each other down. And this podcast, in addition to the in-person women's circles I lead, are my offering towards this vision. Thanks so much for listening. Well, I am delighted to be speaking to Bryn Truett Chavez today. She's an advanced practitioner and teacher of the Arvigo techniques of Maya abdominal therapy, an herbalist, a holistic health practitioner, and a certified massage therapist. She's also an advocate for women's health and birth and a self-proclaimed wild crone in training. And she's going to talk to us today about the Maya abdominal massage techniques and how they can help um, all of us, really. Of course, we're focused on women here, though. So welcome, Bryn. Hi. Nice to be here. And hello to all the other wildish wise women out there. Yay. So we'll just take a minute to connect, you and I and anyone else that's listening, by taking a few deep breaths together. So take an inhale through the nose. And then exhale out the mouth. Just arriving to this space together. Take a couple more. And may each woman who needs the wisdom of this call find her way here. May we speak from the heart and create a wave of peace that radiates out on a global level. May each woman remember her sacred nature and feel the value of her presence in this world. Bryn, what is your favorite thing about being a woman? Wow, my favorite thing about being a woman is tapping into the divine feminine through intuition, that deep tickling knowingness that gets stronger and more profound as we, um, as we move through our lives. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So we will get to what the heck the Arvigo techniques of Maya abdominal therapy are, but at first, before we head there, I would love if you could just talk a little bit about your own path. Why did you choose to do the work that you do in this world and really anything that you feel like sharing today? You know, I believe intrinsically that I was guided and called to this particular form of work through my own journey with cancer and having a hysterectomy before I was even 30 years old and serendipitously made my way through healing and coming to know the goddess being introduced then to Dr. Arvigo and being so gobsmacked by the profound importance of this work that I really believe that for me what happened prior to meeting Dr. Arvigo and learning um, all about this work was kind of meant to be. 
Wow, yeah. it sure sounds like it. Yeah, I, I really believe that deeply. It took me a while, you know, and and hindsight they say is twenty twenty. And looking back, I can see how every little step set me up to arrive here. Sure. Yeah, well, I'm sure at the time I didn't know that about your story. I'm sure having a hysterectomy at age 30, there wasn't, um, I mean, there was probably a period of time where acceptance wasn't where you were headed in terms of how you felt about that process. Absolutely correct. I was lost for several years and finding my place in my own body and as a woman was uh, very challenging. Yeah. Well, I would love to hear more about the way that you encounter Dr. Arvigo and how that changed for you in terms of what you offer to the world. I know you don't just work with women, but it sounds like it's been a profound experience to be able to share this with women specifically. Absolutely. Absolutely. Part of my healing was understanding um, the journey that we as women make through our lives and through history and in the world. So I was already becoming a bit of a rebel advocate um, and about any chance I could stand on my soapbox and um, invite women to embrace their sovereign nature, I would do so. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, a rebel. Yeah. And so when did you first encounter Dr. Arvigo? What was that experience like? Well, I went through the self-care training and had not met her yet. You know, most self-care teachers um, take it. It's a more homespun class, and you're gently introduced to the work and invited to embrace your own self-nurture and self-care. So I met Dr. Arvigo at my um, professional level training, which was level two. Luckily, she was still teaching then. And after that point, she became my teacher through all the rest of the levels of my training. And that was... I don't have superlatives enough to describe her and what being around her is like. It was, it was really very wonderful and affirming, and I knew instantly that I had made the right choice. Wow, that's always so cool when you just get the, you follow the breadcrumbs and all of a sudden you're, you're like, okay, this is where I'm meant to be. This is where it was taking me. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, at the PCP, I'm a bit of an introvert believe it or not, and um, it was after class had finished, that week was over, and there was a pachanga, and that is like, you know, putting on a wet shirt with sand for me, I'm very uncomfortable in social situations where I don't know anyone, and I was, I noticed myself starting to edge towards the door, quietly, as I do, and I just said, no, you know, I stepped out on the patio, and I had a little conversation with Ischel, who's the Maya goddess matrona of this work. And I said to her, I don't know you. You know, I've never worked with you. And I need your support and help or support with leaving this. Um, I'm about ready to walk out and not be a part of this party. Um, but uh, if you feel like you want to welcome me as your daughter and accept me, then I'm going to go back inside and wait for a sign from you. So I went back in, and I was kind of off in the corner by myself, and someone put on a song that I really liked, and I was just kind of dancing quietly by myself, and here comes Rosita. 
sashaying over to me and just pulled me out in the middle of the room and we started dancing together. And that was it. That was my answer. I just felt so tapped on the shoulder, not only by my teacher, but also by a goddess that I had not worked with before and was a little shy about because I had never worked with any of the um, Maya pantheon of goddesses. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about that, about what goes on and what is, um, you use the acronym ATMAT, is that right? Yes. Yes, that, well, ATMAT is an easier way for us to say DRV Go Techniques of Maya Abdominal Therapy with the little registered trademark RUR sign. And it's quite a mouthful, so we say ATMAT. And basically, it's it's a form of body work that really supports and tends the core of our bodies. And it really shines in supporting reproductive health, digestion, pregnancy, and birth. Um, it's primarily based on folk healing traditions that come from Mexico and South and Central America, but bridged with Dr. Arvigo's Western Nepopathic background. Mm. So I've experienced it, and it's quite lovely. I mean, sometimes it's a little bit uncomfortable because there's a lot of stuff happening in our bellies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but mostly it's enjoyable. So I understand that there's other things going on behind the scenes because you're also talking about um, working with goddesses. And one of the things I really enjoy about it, and I don't know if there's more you can say about this, is that when you refer to the uterus, you call her she. <laughs> you know... Our uterus is an integral part of who we are as women. And for me, and for actually for all of us, um, acknowledging her as an integral part of who we are makes it less separate. Because one thing I've noticed in my journey is that, especially women, we tend to distance ourselves from what's going on in our bellies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell me more about the, I mean, I, I'm, I'm picturing it as kind of like sacred wisdom area. Um, what else would you say about the womb and about the belly space that we should be honoring or maybe um, could be recognizing more? Don Alivio shared with Rosita, and it's one of, the, one of the quotes that we frequently tout as practitioners. Don Alivio said that the uterus is a woman's center. And if the uterus is out of alignment, the entire woman is out of alignment or out of balance. Mm -hmm. So really, it is our deep center. And not only that, but for me, this is my own feeling about it. The womb is the simmering spot for humanity. And in birth, the womb opens like a gate, the gate between the corporal world and the spiritual realm. Right. As that gate is open and life comes forth into our, our existence, there's a moment when the divine enters that human that is coming through our bodies. So that's a gateway to the universe. Wow. That's yeah. powerful. Yeah. So then it really makes sense that we should take great care with this area of our bodies. Not only take great care, but honor and love. Yeah. And acknowledge and embrace. 
which is the reason why you refer to it as she, as, as sort of her own entity or the center of us or a very important part of our being. Yeah, actually, the first time I ever heard my uterus referred to as she was with an osteopath. And mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I, I kind of just smiled to myself and I thought, well, of course that makes sense. Of course mm -hmm. it would be a she, first of all, because <laughs> <laughs> um, in Western medicine, they, they say he and him more than anything, um, mm -hmm. even regarding body parts and, you know, different things that would traditionally be feminine in, in, if you were thinking about it, but, um, that there's a real sweetness to that. And yeah, I don't know, I it kind of like makes me sigh a little bit like, oh, wow, somebody's mm -hmm. really paying attention or noticing. Yes, it's true. that's it. In a nutshell, paying attention, paying deep, sacred, visceral attention. Yeah. So I know that, like you said, there's a self-care portion to this and there's um, a deeper, if you wanted to become a practitioner, if you go to a practitioner, you're going to get a different sense of, of what that is. But can you talk a little bit about the self-care piece and the importance of all of that? The self-care is part of the protocol that a cl um, clinicians offer to their clients, teachers offer to their students, that really embraces the aspect of self-nurturance and self-care. Carving time out of our day to acknowledge, embrace, and come back in contact with our very core, our very center. And so, I mean, I will have all your information if someone is, is local or nearby and wants to check you out, because I would highly recommend that one. Um, but if someone doesn't have access to a practitioner, is there a place they can start? Maybe it doesn't even have to be the protocol per se, but if someone is out there just wanting to do more self-care and recognizing that they haven't been doing it for themselves, what are some ways that they can get started? Well, the first thing I would advise is to find a practitioner, and if it's an hour or two drive away, make the trek. Yeah. Um, it's a one-time thing, and you will learn how to do this particular course of self-care, which is going to support you through your lifetime. And then the next thing I would say is just take both your hands and warm them and place them on your belly, over your uterus, beneath your navel, and above your pubic bone. And really tune in to that part of your body. When you're mensing, if you're having cramps, you know, get a hot water bottle and lay down. Get your feet up. Acknowledge that this is uh, a part of your monthly journey. And take time to just support, love, and nourish yourself while you are having the period. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Can you talk about some of the benefits of the um, the massage or the therapy if you're receiving it on a regular basis or even doing it for yourself? Better digestion. Oh, we all need that, right? <laughs> yes, better elimination. Also need that. Um, for women, you know, our uteri are um, ligaments. It's not she's not fixed to the walls of our body. So when we move, she moves. Mm -hmm. So it's easy for her during the course of our busy lives to become tilted in one direction or another, leaning forward, leaning backward. It's very common. So one of the main benefits is that you, 
are getting your pelvic organs returned to optimal positioning, which increases the lymphatic flow, the venous and arterial blood flow, um, the nervous system gets a boost and can, can operate better, and of course, chi. Well, in the Maya, we call it uh, chu lao. Say it again. What are the Maya called? Chi? Chu lao. Oh, okay, cool. So everything flows better. Yes, all of the flows are optimized. Wonderful. Yeah. Now there's another piece to the Arvigo techniques. I believe it's part of it, and that's the yoni steam. Well, we do use uh, vaginal steaming as part of our protocol. Mm -hmm. I will share with you that it's not only the Maya who embrace it, but it has been a practice that women everywhere use for the purpose of postpartum care and treating gynecological um, concerns. I mean, it's been found in South Korea, Vietnam, China, Cambodia, Turkey, Latvia, Sweden, Italy, Germany, I mean, everywhere. Very cool. Yeah, I've heard them yeah. referred to as bajos. I guess that might be the um, more South or Central American tradition, yeah? Yes, the Spanish speakers call them bajos, and I yeah. think the Koreans call it choyuk. Um, and that is the extent of my knowledge of foreign language. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to hear that it's widespread. I hadn't quite realized that, but it doesn't surprise me at all because one of the things that always strikes me about some of these, as we call them now, alternative healing techniques, is they're not. They're original medicine. Absolutely. They're the things are that our ancestors did. <laughs> yes. Yes, and you know you can tie it back to to the witch trials and the witch hunts, um, you know, the whole eradication of women and women's knowledge supporting each other in healthy ways, going to the, you know, the, the granny midwives and, and the old lady with the cottage in the woods who had her, her herb garden who would fix up a, um, a packet for you to take home and have tea for your upset stomach or your right. postpartum. So talk a little bit about the, I'm calling them yoni steams, vaginal steams. Is there other words that you might hear? You might hear V steams, but mostly yoni steams and vaginal steams. I had one of my students <laughs> um, proclaim loudly that she was enjoying tea with her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, so, so precious. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So tell us about tell us about tea with your vagina. How does that go? <laughs> it's really quite lovely, you know. It can be used for so many different things. Um, it can be used for postpartum, um, hygienic post-period practice to help your um, uterus expel any leftover endometrium. I mean, cramping, trouble with conception, infection, fibroids, cyst, dryness. I'm you know, in my 60s now, as a, a menopausal woman, I enjoy yoni steaming to help plump and soften the tissue. Mm, yeah. It's really delightful. And I have had clients report back to me using um, assisted fertility protocols that when they go for transfers, the doctor saying that is the easiest transfer I've ever had. The OS, the, which is the opening to your cervix, was relaxed and open. There was no bleeding, no pain. Um, so it's really quite amazing.
Nice. And for those that have never experienced it before, you you sit over a steaming bath of different types of herbs, right? Yes. Yes. Herbs and flowers. Herbs and flowers. Yeah. And I remember in researching a little bit about it um, from my own interest, there's a, a very uh, sacred ritual ritualistic way to to do this like you're you know bless the herbs and 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 ask you know the earth for thanks for for providing them and to maybe deliver them back to the earth yes absolutely and set an intention for your own healing and the healing of the planet yeah and it's funny because um so i have done this at home and i think you and i both have the same shower chair Because I've looked online and they have stools, but they are like a hundred dollars. A stool with a little hole cut out of it, and yeah. I think I paid forty dollars for my shower chair on Amazon. And it's not quite as cute looking, but it's it served its purpose quite well. Well, you know, when I went to my self care training in two thousand and three, I became so enamored with yoni steaming that I was a bit obsessed with chairs and stools, and I have the gamut of different types of thrones, stools, chairs, and a couple of the Shakti steamers, which I use in clinic because it really makes it um, very easy mm-hmm. uh, to do in clinic. So it, and, you know, really, you can just sit on your sits bone on the edge of the chair and do it. Yeah. So, in other words, it doesn't have to be complicated. Have, after all the things that you have access to, it doesn't have to be hard. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think it's... I think it's getting talked about a little bit more. I mean, I've certainly heard, um, like you said, it's it's an ancient tradition, but hopefully people are becoming more open to it just in our in our everyday world and talking about it and taking really good care. I hope so. You know, we still find a lot of resistance in the Western medical um, pro- protocols, and there is a bit of, um, I guess, Hesitancy is a nice way of putting it, or I'll say resistance. There's a resistance yeah. um, to anything that smacks of traditional healing, and um, it's it's really sad. So getting the word out is really important to me. It could be a very um, homespun type, of, you know, getting in, in circle with, with women and sharing schemes, and then they go home and tell their friends, and they tell their daughters and their mothers, and we reinvigorate a centuries-old practice that really supports women's health and healing on a holistic level. Not only are our bodies being healed and our uteri receiving the benefit, but if there's something that happens to the spirit when we nourish ourselves mm. in this way. Yeah, thank you for saying that piece of it because it's so much deeper than just the physical level as with most things that and that's why it's holistic in nature. Absolutely. And I'm hearing you say that people have had success with transfers and reproductive health and infertility treatments and so I think all of this stuff can be done in conjunction with any western medicine treatments, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So not, I mean, I always say, if your arm is broken, yeah, go to the emergency room. That's what I would do, too. I wouldn't, like, put herbs or crystals on it. Um, so there's certainly a place for Western medicine, but this is just to, to bolster and to, to support the, the self-care and the preventative care, right? Yes. Yes, indeed. You know, there's absolutely no reason why Western and complementary healing practices can't and shouldn't go hand in hand. There's just no reason. 
Indeed. And, you know, for women to be able to be empowered enough to say, this is what I want for my healing. Right. It's very important. Yeah, absolutely. You used that nice word in the beginning there, the sovereignty. Yes. Kind of being their own person and feeling their power. Yes. Being queen of your own realm. Mm. Oh, I like that. And are we not all really a queen among queens? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, being empowered and being emboldened and sovereign in your own world does not detract from your sisters in any way. We are all um, empowered and and supportive of one another being empowered, and it doesn't detract, not at all. Right, yeah, I think it strengthens. I agree. Yeah, it makes it even more okay to be in your own power and to be yourself if everyone else is reflecting them, you know, their true self back to you. Right. Yes. Oh, this is still stuff that people don't really know, though. I mean, I would like to think we all know it deep down as a birthright and as a, a just a universal truth. But there's still there's still stuff happening where you know people are pitting against each other, even with women. Especially with women, unfortunately. Yeah. Like you said, that's why we sit in circle and that's why we share and and then it's a ripple effect that that goes out. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you want to say about this technique and about just the philosophy behind it and anything that we didn't get to cover? I would like to share that it is beneficial for men and women. Yeah, great. Um, Yeah, men can benefit as well, even though the deep work that we do doesn't, doesn't actually access the prostate per se, like when I'm working with a woman, I'm actually moving her uterus mm-hmm. with my hands on her belly. But the prostate is so deep that it doesn't it doesn't move per se, but the flows are optimized, and that really benefits um, the man's health. And then I will also say that the sacral work, the work on the back of the body, is really crucial, um, especially if you've taken a trauma, if you have fallen on your on your backside, you know, fallen out of a tree, fallen off skate, fallen snowboarding or skiing. Gymnasts and ballerinas have a lot of um, congestion in their sacrum from years of rigid posturing. So it really is important to um, have this work, experience it, and then learn the self-care so that you can carry it on throughout the rest of your life. Yeah, wonderful. Um, and as we know, I mean, is just moving the sacrum similar to just getting the flow of energy to move in the front of the body as well? Absolutely. There's a whole there's a whole network of nerves that come from the sacrum through the front of the body and enervate the uterus. So when those are congested and stuck, your uterus is not receiving all of the, those impulses from the nervous system that help her with optimal functionality. Yeah. And so we have cramping, we have clotting, we have delayed menses, we have shortened cycles, you know, just any, any number of pathologies with disappearing. Uh, right. So again, everything is connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it how is. to address it all. Well, I'm really curious to know what you are learning in your time entering the crone years. Well, that would absolutely have to be that... I am enough. I'm more than enough. Woohoo! Yeah. And it, I wish I had known when I was younger 
that it's totally okay and encouraged. I encourage every woman to love yourself enough to love yourself. Hmm. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can definitely say it's come up on the podcast before about, you know, not feeling like we're enough and that being a major issue that women are dealing with, of course, men as well, but um, I don't think it can be said enough. So we are all enough. Absolutely. Yay. Well, I have just a couple of questions to ask. Uh, what's one book that changed your life, Bryn? Ooh, I, I have two. I'm sorry. That's fine. <laughs> First one is The Red Tent. Oh, good one. So good. Everyone should read that. Yes, I read it at least once a year. At least once a year. Yes. And the second one is Sastoon by Rosita Arvido. Oh, nice. I, I didn't realize she had written a book. Yes, she is a prolific author, and she is one of the best storytellers I've ever encountered. And the story Sastoon is how she met Don Olivio and became um, immured in this book. Wow, that's amazing. And it's a great read. It's very easy to read, and it's just it's mind-blowing. Cool. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite po- yoga pose or just a favorite way you like to move your body? Hmm, a favorite yoga pose. That would be, well, besides Shavasana. <laughs> that <would laughs> that's be. a frequent answer. Yeah, that's, that's a great answer. <laughs> Warrior pose is one of my favorites. Mm, nice. It makes me feel really, really strong and empowered as a woman. Me too. I agree. I like Warrior 2 with the arms out. I just feel yes. like, oh, I could do anything. Exactly. exactly. <gasps> oh, so good. I think I might know the answer to this, but you may have more than one answer. But who inspires you? Oh. I need to think just a second because I do have a, you know immediate answer, and that, of course, would be Rosita. But I really... Who inspires me is every single woman that has the courage to take the journey to self-care and self-love. Because it's not an easy one in our culture, especially. Oh, that's so true. And what a sweet way to wrap up. Because I know that you see some of them, but I hear you also saying anyone out there that's taking that, that's heeding that call. Yes, absolutely. That's so wonderful. Well, I will, as I said, link all of your information for people to touch base with you. And then I imagine there's a main site where people can search for an Atma certified uh, practitioner. Is that correct? Yes. The Arrigo website has a listing of all the practitioners around the world. And that's arrigotherapy.com. Okay. I will link that as well in the information about the podcast. Well, I so appreciate your time, Bryn, and your expertise and honestly just your passion because it comes through really strongly and the world is just wonderful. It's just wonderful that you get to do this work in the world and I'm grateful for you. Oh, thanks, Jessica. I'm, I really appreciate the time and I want to encourage you and every single one of your listeners to take a moment every day to stand in sweet appreciation for your womanly body. Hmm, I love that. Hmm. Just soak that in for a minute. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Thank you so much. Very welcome. Take good care. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.